الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا أن هدانا الله اللهم لك الحمد كما ينبغي لجلال وجهك وعظيم سلطانك لا نحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنت على نفسك وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وضرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد فقد قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله اتقوا الله ولتنظر نفس ما قدمت لغد واتقوا الله إن الله خبير بما تعملون all praises to Allah, all praises to Allah, all praises to Allah who guided us to this, who guided us to Iman, and who guided us to Islam, and who guided us to this Mubarak prayer and this Mubarak hour of this Mubarak day. And we were not to be guided, was it not that Allah had guided us? Oh Allah, to you is praise as is commensurate with the majesty of your countenance and the greatness of your authority. O oh Allah, we do not limit you with any praise we can come up with ourselves. Rather, we admit that you're the only one who knows the true extent of your praiseworthiness. And may the peace and blessings of Allah Ta'ala be upon his servant and messenger, our master Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. May the peace and blessings of Allah Ta'ala be upon him and upon his noble companions and upon his pure wives and upon his Mubarak family and progeny and upon all of those who follow all of their way until the Day of Judgment. By Allah Ta'ala's fadl, we gather here on what I'm told is the first Jumu'ah of the school year. One of the things that you may not know is that I think I'm the first Imam that the center has had that's actually also been an MSA before. I was the president of our MSA in the University of Washington in Seattle. It was a very large school, large campus, large Jumu'ah. We had our own masjid. It was a very large operation, mashallah. And it was a very Mubarak time. And it was a time that was formative in, in a very beneficial way, not just for myself, but for a number of the brothers and sisters who were uh, uh, in school with me at the time. Many of whom went on to do great service and khidmah for the deen of Islam and for the ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad And as the years have gone by, after I had left university and then gone to study uh, uh, the, the, the knowledge of wahi and the knowledge of revelation of the Qur'an and the sunnah of the Prophet hadith, things like this. Uh, and then I came back and then engaged the MSA again. Uh, I realized that depending on where you are and when you are, it can go very right or it can go very wrong. This is up to you. This is a choice that you, you, you make. This is a choice that you all make. What to do with this time? Because it is a time in which most people in their lives, they have a great amount of free time and they have a great amount of uh, energy and they have a great amount of himma. They have a great amount of ambition in order to prosecute whatever they want in their life, to get done whatever they want in their life. And it's a chance that is with you for a while and then one day without asking permission it will be gone and you'll wonder where did it go. Brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in his book, he says, Oh, you who believe, fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and let every nafs, let every soul look to what it's prepared for tomorrow. Let every soul look to what is prepared for tomorrow. This is a commandment of the Lord. This is the eye of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But still, as a community, we have some 
certain habits, they're not good habits, they're bad habits. Which is what? We'll plan the snot out of our careers, we'll plan our vacations to the T, we'll plan everything very thoroughly. But when it comes to our own lives, and when it comes to our own deen, when it comes to the affairs of the shatn of the Ummah, Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we not only don't plan, we consider, or we feel like planning is an unspiritual or an irreligious act, and we say, Yalla, tawakkal ala Allah, just trust in Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And this is an incorrect understanding of what tawakkul is. This is an incorrect understanding of what tawakkul is. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to plan. Look at his seerah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In Medina Munawwara, after Uhud and Badr and Khandaq, the people of Medina, they have two enemies. One is in the north and one is in the south. What did the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam do? The Treaty of Hudaybiyah was signed. So their safety from the back, then you deal with the enemy in the north, go to Khaybar first. What is this? It's a plan. Once there's no enemy in the north anymore that's going to harm you, then you can free yourself to deal with the enemy in the south. This is what it's a plan, isn't it? This is why at the time of the uh, at the time of the uh, uh, the the aborted Umrah of Hudaybiyah. This is the time when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala revealed to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, "Inna fatahna laka fatamubina." We have indeed granted you a great victory, a great opening. All the Sahaba are saying, "How is this a victory? We came in ihram, we came with our sacrificial animals. We're not going to make it into Makkah Mukarramah." We're going to have to go back this year. The thing that we wanted to do, it's completely fallen on, flat on its face. How is this a victory? How is this a victory? Sayyidina Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala no, he understood that this victory is what? It's all from that day. None of the companions understood, he understood this. Why? Because the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had a plan for the future. He had what? He had a plan for the future. You make plans, Things change, you change your plans. That doesn't mean that you don't make plans. Do you understand what I'm saying? Anything that ever happened that was good in this ummah is what? From making plans. This is the secret of why Innamal Amalu bin Niyat is the first hadith of Bukhari. Indeed, all, all matters will be judged based on their intentions. The Crusaders sacked uh, uh, the, the, the Muslim lands, the Muslim heartlands. The Crusaders sacked Sham. They set up palaces and castles and huge armies and fortifications right inside the heart of Darul Islam. And on top of it, they sacked Al-Quds al-Sharif, Jerusalem, and they killed so many innocent people that the, the old city, it said that the, the, the horse couldn't go through the narrow pathways of the old city except for the, the blood came up to the, 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 the bridle, the reins of the horse. This is not what our Muslim chroniclers have written. That's what the crusader, their own chroniclers wrote with regards to that humiliating and barbaric defeat. Do you know how long it took for them to take Al-Quds back? It took 90 years. Nobody is going to live an adult life and actually be working continuously for 90 years. A person may live for that many years, 90 some odd years. A person may live for that much, but when you're an infant, you're not going to be working for taking Al-Quds al-Sharif back. And when you're 85, you're not gonna be like, you know, uh, doing things on a, on, a, on a cane. It's a multi-generational process. You understand what I'm saying? You start a project knowing you will not live to see the fruition of that project. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent a righteous king. Everyone heard of Salahuddin Ayyubi? Yes. Nobody has heard about uh, 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 Sayyid al and Rukun al-Din Baybars. Nobody heard about Nur al-Din Zengi except for the person who's like a little bit, you know, reads a little bit too much and doesn't get out and uh, have enough fun in their life, right? Who's Nur al-Din Zengi? Nur al-Din Zengi was a Kurdish, a Kurdish commander 
who had this vision that we were going to uh, liberate Al-Quds al-Sharif. And if you think that the Ummah is in a bad situation right now and it's never been in such a bad situation in its history, you haven't read anything about history. Literally, at least we have something called Syria and we have something called Jordan and we have something called Palestine right now. In those days, every city, Syria was not Syria, it was Damascus is fighting against Hems, against Halab, against all. Every city was literally fighting with every city. And the shutdown of that fight was treachery, lying, deceit, betrayal, working with one enemy in order to get back at another enemy, telling the crusaders that we'll give you Jerusalem if you clear the way to Damascus for us. That's a situation that's absolutely, absolutely worse than the situation we're in right now. Nuruddin Zengi was the, the, the uh, warlord who c- controlled Halab. And he was a pious man. He wasn't a scholar. He was a pious man. Allah Ta'ala put the love of the deen inside of his heart. You don't need to be a shaykh or shaykha in order to be a pious person. The ta'zim, the waqar, the, the veneration of the Lord inside of the heart, this is what makes a person a pious person. It's not knowledge, but it's also, knowledge is also not piety. There are many people who can tell you many things about fiqh and aqidah and things like that, but when you see their personal practice, they don't venerate what Allah Ta'ala and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam venerate. He had what? He had vision. He knew, in my lifetime, this is not something that's feasible that we're going to be able to fix this issue in our lifetime. If it happens, it happens, but you know, according to the plan, according to the math, this doesn't seem possible. What did he do, though, that made him such a great leader? The thing that he did was he, has, he had vision that we need to now rectify a generation of people in order to be able to take up this task. Do you know what he did? He made an announcement in all of the metropoli of the Muslim world. If there's any scholar who teaches the, the hadith of the Prophet who teaches the tafsir of the Quran, who teaches the fiqh, the ahkam of the sharia muhammadiyah ala sahibiha salatu wassalam, whoever teaches uh, any part of the deen, whoever's an expert in any part of the deen, you come to our halab and start teaching. We'll give you a stipend, we'll give you a, a place to teach, we'll give you students to learn, and this place is open for you. Why? Sometimes what happens, like Sayyidina Musa Islam, the old generation is already corrupt. They're gone. You have to write them off. Their habits are bad. They have bad habits. Their hearts can be rectified, but their habits are so bad, they're not going anywhere with it. So what do we do? We think about what? Let every nafs look at what is it prepared for tomorrow. And fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah ta'ala has all knowledge about what you do. So they did it, and they also did something else which is very beautiful, which is he hired craftsmen, artisans, to build a pulpit, to build a mimbar out of wood and uh, coral and different precious materials. Hired the top master craftsmen to build a pulpit for what? To build a pulpit for the Masjid al-Aqsa. That Masjid al-Aqsa, which at the time, the Crusaders used as a stable. They used to put their horses over there in order to in order to degrade the thing that they, compl- they themselves claim they consider holy, but they didn't consider it holy. They put stables, they put their horses there in order to degrade uh, the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah ta'ala's honor is above the honor of the creation. Now why would you build a, a member for a masjid that you don't, you don't possess? Why would you do that? What its vision? This pulpit will be shown every Jumu'ah to the entire Halab, to the entire, at some point, the entire Damascus. It was a masterpiece, it was a work of art. Why? So that everybody could see the physical manifestation of what the vision is. That your purpose and my purpose, it's not just to eat and drink like animals. It's not just to eat and drink and breed 
and uh, uh, you know, tomorrow we die, today is pointless merriment, and tomorrow is an empty void. That's not what it is. This is a vision that's been sold to every one of us by shaitan, to our forefathers. And if any time we can rightfully complain that it's been sold to, uh, that we're in a more difficult and a more uh, evil situation than our forefathers, this vision has been sold to our generation with more pressure than it has to any generation before us. The idea is you see your future. If you get a job with Google, if you get a job with Apple, if you get a job with Microsoft, if you get a job with Tesla, they give you a middle uh, six-figure salary, a higher six-figure salary. They give you health benefits. They give you gym membership. They give you vacation. They give you all of these things. They give you a vision of your entire life which is completely encompassed in what? In making money for somebody else? So that they can die and go to hell and you can also destroy your akhirah? Someone say, well, Shaykh, I'm not destroying it. I'm still a Muslim, right? Shaitan will, if he can rob you of your iman, he'll rob you of your iman. If he cannot do so, he will incite you to commit indecency and to commit rebellion against the Lord through your sins openly. And if he cannot do that, what will he do? He'll ride you until what? He stops you from doing those good deeds that you are going to do. Out of hasad, that he had a maqam in Jannah and he wasted it, so he wants you to waste it as well. Trust me, Shaitan is not just a jinn that lived a long time ago. Rather, this is the shatan of every evil person in this world. Allah Ta'ala says in His book, Do you think that the people who don't, who don't pray five times a day, and that don't fast in the month of Ramadan, the people who don't keep their chastity, the people who don't keep their honor, the people whose clothes are not clean and whose bodies are not clean, the people who don't make a sinja after they use the bathroom, do you think that they're happy that you're doing all of these things? What does it mean? They wish you were a time waster, so it wouldn't make them feel bad about being time wasters. Brothers and sisters, is it haram to get a job at Google or Tesla? Absolutely not. However, as a Muslim, your job is what? Not to become a tool in their vision, rather to use that job as a tool in your own vision. You have a destination you're going to, they have a destination that they're going to. You don't want to go to their destination. What do you want? You want to have vision, you want to plan. Now this part of the, the, the khutbah has like been relatively harsh and negative and whatnot. And people say, oh, Shaykh, you know, lighten up, you know, students, you're going to make people leave Islam because you're so hard. Okay, khalas, let's talk about that. Because this is something true. This is also a, a, a job every one of you have to, have to do is that whenever you hear something negative, there's always another side of the coin. There's always something that's on the other side of the coin that's positive about it. If I told you, for example, like mass murder is haram, like killing a million people is really haram and you're going to super go to the, like, the worst jahannam ever, then what's the other side of the coin? Say, Alhamdulillah, I'm not going to mass murder. I'm going to make the intention right now. I'm never going to mass murder a million people. Allah will reward you for it. As silly as it may sound to one of, one of us, but this is how usuli, like how principled uh, thinking works. So what's the flip side of the coin? Why am I giving you this khutbah and I don't give this khutbah at the, at the jami' in which, mashallah, like a thousand people come for Salat al-Jum'ah? The reason is what? You actually have a future. The reason is what? You actually listen. The reason is you're actually competent. The reason is you actually know how to make a plan. Whereas this is not, a, this is not a, 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 an honor that Allah Ta'ala gave to every person in this ummah. The reason is what? You can sit in this MSA and have a, a, a pray your Salat al-Jumu'ah and you don't look at each other that I'm from this place and that other person is from that place and this person is immigrant, that person is a convert. If there's any healthy and cohesive space in the, in the Muslim community in North America where a lot of these jahili type issues that divide people. Ana khayrun minhu, khalaqtani min na'rin wa khalaqtahu min 
mintin. These kind of jahil issues that I'm from here and you're from there and I'm this and I'm that and I like to eat biryani and you eat falafel so we're never gonna There's like a barrier between us that will never be violated. You know, you don't have those issues, mashallah. You have in this space a vision for a future of the ummah which is the way it should be, not the way it is right now. Any idiot can look at the way things are and be like, this is good or this is bad. Only a person with vision can see the way things should be. Then do the math of how can we get from this point A to point B. So your job that you're going to get from the wonderful education that you're going to obtain at CSU and through the MSA Halaqat and through your, uh, mashallah, mixing with other smart and intelligent people, all of these things, why do you have them? So that you can also retire with your 401k and like be, uh, uh, you know, just like live like a, like a person who has no iman, lives and dies like a person who has no iman. The only difference is that you get a janazah and you're buried in a particular section of the whatever cemetery in Avon or whatever. Is that what the point is? Or do you actually want to do something with your life that's going to benefit you and benefit others? That Yom Al-Qiyamah, when you appear in front of the Lord, you're happy, you're proud, and He's proud of you, Jalla wa'ala. That the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his companions, his family, the ulama, the awliya, the salihin, those people who sacrificed literally their, their, their death and their life in order to bring this deen to you, they can say that this son of mine, this daughter of mine, this person, they actually did something that made me proud. In an age of darkness, in an age of complete heedlessness, they did something that made me proud. What is the problem that you see in the community, or the problem that you see in the masjid, or the problem that you see in the ummah? That you can think of what the solution is, and you know that the solution may literally be three generations away. But you want to live and die in order to plant that seed so that someone can tomorrow eat from that fruit rather than starving like we're starving right now. This is a group of people and this is a space in which we need to have these conversations. Rather than just have the same inane uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, type of MSA issues that have happened from like the dawn of uh, MSA time uh, with regards to like, you know, elections and are we going to have a barrier in the, in the Jumu'ah between the men and the women or not and you know, so-and-so is marrying so-and-so, is this right or wrong? Leave these things. Leave these things. These are not the reason that you're there together. Have a purpose for your gathering and have a purpose for your separating. Allah Ta'ala says in a hadith Qudsi that's narrated by the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Sahih Bukhari nonetheless. He says, where are those people who love one another because of my majesty? Where are those people who love one another because of my majesty? That you gather together, what for the love of Allah Ta'ala, because you want to do something that will please the, the Lord Jalla wa'ala. Where are those people who will meet with one another, who will help one another, who will work with one another, who will collaborate with one another, bi jalali, because of my majesty. This day, I will shave them in my shade, the day of judgment, which is a day that begins and it will never end. This day I shade them in my shade on such a day that there is no shade except for my shade. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us people of, of, of that, that receive this, this, this love and this uh, 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 covering from Allah ta'ala on that day when people will be exposed. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq of having a plan, having a point, having a purpose for our, for our lives, rather than just wandering like cattle from one thing to another until it's our day to you know, have a, a turn in the line at, at the slaughterhouse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make people that when we live, we understand why we live, and the moment our Fatima comes and the angel of death comes, we know that we did what we were supposed to do. We're not the defective thing that should be thrown in the garbage, rather we're the, we're the priceless uh, relic that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can house forever and ever with honor and with uh, dignity. Allah Ta'ala give all of us so much tawfiq. Wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Yaqulul Rabbu tabarak wa ta'ala fi kitabihi al-kareem. يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال الرب تبارك وتعالى في كتابه الكريم مخبرا عن مقام نبيه صلى الله عليه وسلم وآمرا بحقه حيث قال إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وارحم سيدنا محمد وعلى سيدنا محمد وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد كما صليت ورحمت وباركت على سيدنا ابراهيم وعلى ال سيدنا ابراهيم في العالمين انك حميد مجيد اللهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنه وفي الاخره حسنه وقنا عذاب النار اللهم اعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم انا نسالك من كل خير نسالك منه محمد نبيك صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من كل شر استعاذك منه محمد نبيك صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلي وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم أجمعين إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى وينهى عن الفحشاء يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون وأقيموا الصلاة الله أكبر الله